Hey everyone, ciao, what's happening? Welcome back to Calcio is Back, uh, the podcast about soccer over in Italy, uh, presented to you by your friends, Jake and Ryan. Um, so we haven't uh, been able to record in the past uh, three weeks now. Very happy to have you guys back with us. Uh, that's that the podcast was hanging us dry. We kind of had to take a break for a week or two just through to some personal stuff on my end. Uh, not going to get too far into it, but we're back and better than ever. Jake, how you doing tonight, pal? Yeah, ciao everyone. It's been a good few weeks of uh, Couchio uh, watching and enjoying everything that's going on. Obviously, we got Champions League, Europa League, Conference League as well. But uh, yeah, it's been very good and it's going to be good to talk about it uh, with you guys. Thanks for the support as always. Yeah, we're happy to be back. So to start the pod tonight, we're going to go through round 10 of uh, Calcio over in Italy. So we're going to talk about Serie A week, uh, week 10, then we're going to talk about week 11. Uh, then we're gonna get, or we're gonna talk about week nine, which was the week we last previewed, just to keep consistency in the show. And then we're gonna talk about week ten, which was a week we were unable to record for. It. And then we'll get into the current week, which is week eleven, and then discuss week twelve going forward. A um, little confusing off the jump, but we're gonna go back two weeks in time now. Uh, I wrote down the results from two weeks ago as Juve beating Milan one nothing. This was a big game uh, between at the time the second place and third place club in the league. Uh, Tiao on uh, Milan took a red card. And Juventus won the game one nothing. Juventus has been winning a lot of games one nothing. We'll get more into it during our Juventus segment later in the podcast. But Juventus was able to put a chokehold on second in the league in this moment um, and elevate to a place they have not been for the past two seasons in the top two in the league. Jake, any thoughts on Juve beating Milan in this one? Yeah, obviously last time we broke this down, I know we were talking about Milan had a bunch of injuries and Marante was going to play. Um, and I, I figured Juventus was going to win. I thought it was going to be a lot more, you know, convincing of a scoring line. Not that they, they played bad. I, they definitely played better than um, AC Milan. But uh, Locatelli, the former Milan man uh, with the goal, uh, midfield played very well. The strike force of Keenan Millick didn't look too good. Uh, but Way got the assist, which is cool to see. He's been dipping in and out of form. But I'm not too worried if I was an American. Um, McKenney's kind of playing next to him in recent weeks just because of the injuries going on. And a really nice goal by Alcatelli and the back line of Juventus has been very good. Um, obviously, Taha got the um, red card in um, whatever minute it was, the 40th, and that kind of dictated everything. Uh, no one looked good in this game. Uh, tough game. Um, we'll get into Americans and stuff. Musa's been in the midfield consistently. He hasn't looked awesome. He hasn't looked great. Um, you know, some games he looks very good. Some games he doesn't look. You know, Milan fans call him very, you know, spirit. He shows heart. And some games he just doesn't. Um, so, yeah, tough game for Milan. And we will talk about Milan uh, in current day. Um, but, yeah, Juventus got the win uh, thanks to Locatelli. And uh, even Lurger got a yellow card at the end. Yeah, and this was a big, you know, decider as Juventus pulled closer to second in the league. Uh, it was a nice goal by Locatelli, but it was just one-way traffic for most of the game until Juventus got the goal and then nothing really happened. I took time out of my Sunday to watch this one, and it was very boring, uh, even with the red card, which is a shame because red, red cards normally open the game up. 
Uh, next up, we'll run through this more in the Roma roundup. Uh, Roma one, Monza zero. We'll talk about this one later so we could pocket this one. But El Turawe basically hit a walk-off, 90th minute, scores the game winner. Um, shit guy finally scored his first of the season, so I was very happy with that one. Jake, we'll get into that later in the pod. Atalanta and Genoa. Uh, Atalanta won cleaned house here, 2-0. Lookman got a goal and Ederson got a goal. Pretty boring game. I had this one back as background at the gym. Nothing really too much to write home about here. Uh, Torino and Inter, 3-0. Performance of champions by Inter as usual. Marcus Thurman and Lataro Martinez getting their goals as the usual. Uh, Tongalu got a pen. He's been on a pen streak. He's uh, He's been scoring a lot of goals in this renaissance season for Chitongalu. As well as the final matchup to get into this week was Fiorentina and Empoli. Uh, we were really pumping Vincenzo's tires last episode. And uh, <laughs> he's uh, he's having a downward spiral. But we'll get into more of it later. Uh, one match I forgot here was uh, Napoli 3, Hellas 1. So in the moment, Napoli got their momentum back in this game. Kivashalia was absolutely incredible. He scored two goals, his first two goals of the year for Napoli in Syria. And he seems like he's had his most drill back. We'll get more into Napoli when we talk about their current matchup. But Jake, just from this match week, anything you want to want to call out here before we move along? Yeah, um, for the Atalanta game, they started um, Karnaseki, who I'm very, very high on. I think he's one of the more promising Italian keepers. They don't really play him a lot, but... He looked very good that game. Uh, Genoa had a lot of chances, and he was the reason why it was a clean sheet. Uh, Lookman scores. CDK has been struggling lately. Only three goal contributions this year after a hot start, which is unfortunate. Scalvini continues to drop good game after good game. I'm very confident in that. Um, Skamaka, who we'll get into, um, didn't look too good that game. Um, Tough for Genoa, um, but, you know. They've been fine. Uh, we'll get into them uh, as the weeks go on. But, yeah, good f- uh, good for Atalanta. They went home. They obviously needed that. And, um, yeah, good for Karnasek. I hope he plays more because he's good. Yep, definitely. And, uh, yeah, play a lot of young players over there. Um, so next up, we'll jump into match week 10, which is the week we forgot. Uh, we just didn't, you know, we had a lot going on this week. We couldn't get to you guys. But um, this was the weekend of Halloween weekend, uh, uh, Friday, October 27th to the Monday, October 30th. Pr- pretty tame week around Syria. I think we were going to recap this like the Monday after, and then none of the results were too, too important. Um, you know, I'd say this as a Roma fan. The match of the weekend was the champion or the kind of firm for the championship. Um, uh, Inter beating Roma one nothing. Marcus Thurman got the goal to, or Thuram got the goal to put Inter ahead at the death. Roma was playing very defensively. They looked outmatched most of this game. We'll talk about it in the Roma recap later. Uh, but just to run through the slate for this week, Empoli upset uh, Fiorentina, or actually that was from the previous week. Uh, Juventus won a one nothing game against Hellas at the death as Cambiasso hit a goal in the 90th plus seventh uh, minute of this one. Pretty pretty standard Juventus one nothing and a, a garbage goal at the end to be the difference. Uh, Cagliari basically won the game of the season. So Frosinone went up three uh, three nothing on Cagliari, and then Cagliari came roaring back. Uh, Pavoletti scored two goals at the death and. Uh, 
uh, Cagliari made one of the great comebacks of the year. Jake will have a little bit to say on that one in a minute because I remember him texting me, jumping out of his shoes when he woke up seeing that. Um, Napoli and Milan played another big game at the top of the table. Giroud scored twice um, to start the game in the first 30 minutes. But then Politano and Raspadori brought Napoli back into the game. And it, it was a solid all-around game. I saw a lot of Milan fans angry that they blew it. We'll get more into the problems at Milan when we get into them in the current week. And then the final game I have on the slate for the weekend, or actually I have two more um, in classic Brown tradition. Atalanta beat Empoli 3-0. Skamaka scored twice. Our guy, we love this guy, don't we, folks? Uh, he scored two goals. He's going on a bit of a goal streak. We'll get into him later. And then Fiorentina, Lazio. Lazio beat Fiorentina at the death on a penalty. This was a game I was watching. Pretty bummed out for Fiorentina. They they've seem to have lost their spark. Um, not not a great performance by Vincenzo's men as they've now lost two in a row and we'll get into this weekend's result in a minute. But Jake, anything to say for uh, round 10 before we start deep diving the current week? Yeah, I'm not going to say a lot about Juventus, just, you know, boring, <laughs> boring stuff. Lohovic did return, which is good. You know, good to see a guy back from injury. Uh, Bremer was a star as always, as he has been all season, one of the best Italian, not Italian, Serie A center backs. Uh, that Cagliari game is fantastic. I mean, it was 3 nothing for Ozanone until the 72nd minute, and then they just scored two goals in two minutes um, to win 4-3, which is key because now they aren't in a relegation battle. They're close. That was their second win of the season. Uh, there's a lot of controversy right now with Matias Sule on Frosinone. He's a dual national with Argentina and, and Italy. Uh, he's got five goals, one assist in nine games this year. He's been awesome, but... He wants to be, I believe he wants to play for Argentina, which is a bummer because he is a skilled player. Uh, he got two goals this game, but just crazy from Cagliari. Um, definitely game of the year. It's definitely up there. A few, few Fiorentina games are up there, but this one, I mean, just the madness was absurd. Um, into Roma, just disappointing. Jose had a plan, and it worked for 80 minutes, and then to Rom, um went through, but just a really, really boring game. Um, the XG was 2.3 to 0.14, and through 70 minutes, Roma had 0.00 XG. It was really an embarrassment. I saw a lot of Roma fans upset with, if this is a big game and you're playing like a bunch of cowards, but I understand with the injuries that Roma had, uh, you know, it almost worked. Um, I don't know why Jose, we'll get into this more. But I don't know why Jose was playing Rasmus Christensen against Inter. That just made no sense. But um, Marcus Jerome continues to be the signing of the season on a free transfer. Um, and obviously he was a difference there. But we'll obviously get into it more uh, when we talk about Roma. Napoli Milan. Um, it was the Drew show and then Napoli turned it around. They needed that. We'll get into Napoli and how they've kind of turned it around here. Um, Obviously, two yellows by Natan. Um, Milan, we'll, we'll get into them. They're, they're really, they're really disappointing. <laughs> I can't lie. Um, Atalanta. I mean, I'm, I'm not never going to complain about a Skamaka brace. Uh, he looked really good. Um, Darun has been really good lately, uh, as you'd expect. He's always, you know, class. Uh, Scalvini kind of struggled, got taken off on the 46th, and. Lazio would be Fiorentina. My friend was at this game. Shout out to Anthony. Uh, he's a Milan fan. He went to the Milan Udinese game as well. A uh, friend of the program. Um, told him I was going to shout him out. It was his first time in Italy, and he saw his team lose to someone who had zero wins. So that was unfortunate, but he was at this one. Um, 
So he got to go to the Olympico and San Siro, which is pretty cool. So shout out him about the game. Tata Castellanos, which is Ryan's guy, has been starting for the past couple of weeks, but Omoboy got a merchant pen in the 95th minute. Um, and yeah, Fiorentina's really struggling. It really stinks. Everyone struggled, but um, Fabiano Parisi, which is good but bad for my brand. Um, I really hope they get it together because last time we said we predicted Fiorentina to get third, they are not in third anymore. I assure you. But uh, yeah, that was that was that week. Yep. So thank you for that, Jake. Um, and we'll go into the deep dives on the current week. Um, we could start off with the big game of the week. So normally we leave Roma for the end of the podcast because this is where me and Jake geek out. Uh, folks, there's still going to be Roma at the end of the podcast, but uh, we'll get into Roma first here because it was kind of the game of the weekend. Uh, so Roma played Lecce, two juggernauts of this podcast as we are Roma fans, but also Lecce is putting a valiant effort. They are a relegation favorite to start the season, but through kind of a very defensive structure and a very defensively and technically, I, I wouldn't call, why call them technically sound, but they have some really good forwards um, that are kind of scattered amongst the team that plays defensively. Um, they play a very sound game, I think. And they were playing Roma. Roma, you know, they really have been going through, or they went through the ringer against Inter. They dropped a lot of points that they needed early in the season. And they went down um, in midway through this game. Um, Roma wasn't really generating much offense. And Omquist on Lecce was able to score a goal. And it it looked like Roma was dead in the water. You know, everyone was doing their normal agendas. Like, oh, is it time to fire Mourinho? Oh, how come Dybala can never finish a game? Everyone was doing all the agendas. And then, you know, Asmund, who has not scored a goal yet for Roma. It was his first game as a Roman history. He scored a header in the box, an absolute bullet header into the top um, top center of the goal. One of the better goals I've seen by a Roma striker, especially with their head. It, it was awesome to see him score that goal. Um, it, it was a worldie. He scored the goal to bring it 1-1, and I'm sitting there like, all right, well, one, I'll take this. I'll take my ball and go home. I'm completely fine with this. And then Romelu Lukaku broke through the back line, was able to kind of pivot and shuffle through the line and slot it home. Awesome goal by Rom. Rom went topless, took the yellow card for it, but absolutely wonderful goal. A signature goal for Romelu Lukaku's catalog in Roma. He loves it here. We love him here. And it was an absolute wonderful game. As Roma moved to seventh in the table and now are in striking distance of a of a Europa or a Champions League spot in fifth this season. And so they're three points back of the Champions League spot at 17 points. And then if top four, they're four points back and five points back of top three. So Roma is back in the mix, folks. So good for Jake and I's brand. Uh, awesome win for an awesome team. Jake, I'll let you cook here. Yeah, this is awesome. I missed this one, but I watched the highlights and I got, you know, a pretty good indication of how players played. Um, I thought this was Rui Patricio's best game. He made so many big saves for us. Wasn't a clean sheet, but he played fantastic. And it wasn't for him; they probably would have lost this game. Probably would have been two 0 if like if Fletcher, I believe it was in the 80th to 90th minute range. They had a really nice chance, and Rui made a save. If it's two 0 that's game. Um, they're not coming back from that. So that's a big one. I thought Mancini struggled. Uh, they've been playing the same three center backs all the past two months they really need smalling back and they really need a few center backs in january but we'll worry about that then uh, i thought indica has been very good positional wise he still has other kinks to work out just developing wise but i thought this was one of his better games uh bove two straight games of struggling wasn't great against inter wasn't great yesterday uh Cristante was good but when he when is he not 
uh, El Shaw's been starting in a bunch of different roles. Um, so it's good to see him um, starting. He's been going through a lot. We'll talk about the Monza game and how emotional that was for him and for, you know, the Roma fans as well. Karsdorp is great. The best, uh, best, best right back we have, not even close. Um, Aquar just continues to create chances, and you see the glimmer of potential that he had uh, when a bunch of clubs wanted him in the past. Uh, Daibala was back, got an assist in this one, the second goal, but the dribbling was incredible. I mean, he was just Paolo Daibala. Unfortunate not to score. Lukaku missed the penalty and scored a signature Lukaku goal. Um, Renato Sanchez returned. He looked good. Um, you know, game changer in the midfield. Um, Zalusi got an assist. Really good for him because he's been struggling with form. And Sardar Asmi with his first goal uh, in a Roma shirt. A really nice header. I'm really liking him. Um, has a complaint since he got here. Obviously, he came here. Didn't expect Lukaku to come here, so we thought he was going to start more. Um, he probably would be second striker at Leverkusen right now because Chick uh, hasn't returned. But it seems like he loves it here. His family loves it here. I see a lot of appreciation on the uh, Roma Twitter timeline for him. And I'm happy for him. And that, that's a beautiful header. Um, Bilotti entered as well. He played decent. And yeah, it's just that's a great, great win, and they're in seventh, and they're pretty close. And I believe they have a big game next. The, yeah, the, the yeah, we'll game. talk about yeah. it. We'll we'll talk about it later, right? Yeah, no, they do have some big games coming up. Um, you know, they had the easy part of their schedule. This was a must-win just because of the nature of it. I, I meant to call it out earlier, but Lukaku missed his first ever penalty in Syria. He used to take the penalties at Inter. Uh, he was perfect from the spot. He, he missed his well. He, he you know it got saved, but still tough for Rom. And then he was able to play the full ninety. That's all I really wanted out of him, and he can do it. I mean, I I always thought Lukaku. You know, I always believed in him. I was always the Lukaku truther, even though he played for some rival clubs. I always thought he was awesome. And, you know, I just – even the doubt that seeped in this summer when he was supposed to go to Juventus, I, I feel really bad about because, like, this guy's a hooper, this guy's a baller, and I need him in a Roma shirt for the next, like, four or five years because he's absolutely wonderful. Um but, yeah, we'll start back at the top of the table for the next game of the weekend. Uh, so this is going to be the second-place team in the league going into the game and the fir- or the fifth-place team – or the first-place team in the league and the fifth-place team. First place being Inter, who were holding the crown going into the matchup against Atalanta. So uh, the game started off. Darmian drew a penalty, and Shatongalu was able to take it to put Inter up one nothing early. Inter was pretty dominant for most of this game. In the first half, they were they're really good. The strike partnership linked up again. Lotaro got a bad. Um, absolutely wonderful goal from kind of like a weird angle. Um, Skamaka got a tap in. He also had a volley later in the game where he had an opportunity to tie it. And, you know, they uh, they came in, did the business, performance of champion by Inter at Atalanta. You know, this is typical Inter fair at this point in the season. They come in, they dominate you for the majority of the game. And if they put in this effort, you know, 20 or I guess we're in the 11th match week of the season so if they can do it 15 more times this season this is what you expect a champion to look like and they're very good some gaps in Inter but um, who, who was it that got the red card I'm trying to look there's a red card at the end yeah Toli who came in on for um, Atalanta drew a red card at the end and Gasparini got warned but besides that just very dominant Inter performance Atalanta looked their age they looked like a young team which they are and it was tough but um, that's a growing experience for the young Atalanta team 
Yeah, good win for them. Um, Pavard got hurt in the 33rd minute, so uh, Darwin had to come on defend. Um, so the back three is going to probably be him, DeVry, and a Serbi. So he's still playing despite being 35 years old. Uh, but yeah, they got the win. Uh, for Tessie, still hasn't started, which is beyond me. They're very wasting his talent. But um, yeah, I mean, this team keeps on winning. They're they're my favorites for now. I know Juventus is breathing down their neck, but Inter's just so much better in every way, including excitement. Um, tough for Atalanta, but they didn't look like they were going to compete in this game. Um, and Inter got the win on the road, which is a big three big three points for them and uh, tough for Inter. Uh, I mean, Atalanta, but good for Skamaka because that helps my brand. He's probably not happy about it, but I am. Yeah, he had this wonderful volley attempt towards the end of the game where I thought he could have scored and tied it up late, but uh, ding going for him. Uh, Inter so far this season, 9-1-1, which is good for 28 points in the table, but they hold a 21-goal differential, uh, probably one of the best teams in Europe. Uh, last year when they were kind of, you know, looking on the outside of the league, they were able to turn their attentions to the Champions League. I wonder what their appetite's going to be for the two competitions, especially with their hated rivals, Juventus and Milan, if they're going to take an early exit in the Champions League to focus on the domestic league. That's something I could see in the cards for Inter, but it's uh, it's interesting at the top, and they're, they're a wonderful team, really good, really well coached, uh, really good structure, really good system, and of their last five games, they've won four out of five and drew the other, so they're back at the top of the table. Uh, but we're going to talk about next the team that's a little bit back of them in Juventus. So here's a stat I want to read for you guys. Allegri has won since coming back in 2021. Allegri has won 17 one to nothing games. Uh, that is three times more than the next closest team in the league who have won six or yeah, six one nothing games. Uh, so Allegri keeps winning games one to nothing, and you wouldn't believe it, folks, but he won another one, one nothing to yeah, or yesterday. And uh, Moretti scored a tap in to begin the game, you know, for Juventus fan TV himself. Wonderful goal, very happy about that. Uh, but then, you know, Juventus just takes the rest of the game and parks the bus. It's it was really boring. Um, they were playing Fiorentina and won one nothing. Fiorentina wasn't able to get a goal against Juventus. Vincenzo Ball got uh, defeated by the evil Allegri Ball. And it was it was a total bummer. I mean, Gonzalez attempted a wonderful volley towards the end of the game. It was one-way traffic. Fiorentina kept taking the ball down the field, and then Juventus would get it and try to hold it for as long as possible and then kick it down the field for Fiorentina to come again. It's an effective strategy for a defensively coached team, but absolute boring slog to watch. This is why I didn't want Juventus to be good again with Allegri. They'd be better off being the top team in the league in my eyes, even though I don't like Juventus and I famously hate Juventus. Like, they could be the top team in the league, but if they're playing fun, I'm fine with it. If they're the top team in the league and they're playing like this and they're playing like, you know, Salernitania and they're like second in the league, it's absolutely ridiculous. So they're second in the league, 17 goals for six against on the season through 11 games. You're Juventus and you're not even getting two goals a game. This is absolutely ridiculous. This is the worst football I've seen in this league in a long time. And this is why everyone hates Serie A that doesn't watch it. But Jake, I'll pass it over to you. That's my Juventus rant for the week. Just just very annoyed by the past, past three games. They've won each of them, won nothing with a giant talent gap. So it's very annoying. I don't think any, you know, Juventus fans are going to complain <laughs> how this is going. But, yeah, it, it is crazy and good for JFTV uh, for his goal in the 10th minute. But, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, 
It's <laughs> just so boring, man. Um, but they're in second place. Like I say this as a Niner fan, as you guys know, we run Niner podcast. Winning is not boring. Um, people think we're boring and all that, but I always say winning is not boring. It's very fun. So I guess this is how they feel, but it's so boring. <laughs> it really is. Um, Kiesa was back, but this is his first start back. Good to see. Um, I think this was his first bat start or first game back against Fiorentina. Oh, true. Uh, or maybe it's Vlavic. I No, it was. I think they both played against Fiorentina before, but he was healthy. This is a return game for both of them last week. Yeah, revenge game. And he didn't do anything. Um, the back line, as it has been all season, those individually so fantastic. Chesney played really well. McKinney's continuing to look good at wing back, which is so weird. Because if you told me that before the year, because he just slobbed around at Leeds. Uh, I, I mean, just a complete renaissance this year, which, you know, I'm very happy about. Um, Locatelli has been a rock back there. Caustic has been in form. It sucks. I hate it. But, I mean, if you're a Juventus fan, if there are any Juventus fans listening, I'm sure you're very thrilled. So, you know, no harm, no foul. Uh, but yeah, it sucks for you. I don't get it, man. I really don't. They looked dominant a few weeks ago. Maybe it's because we stopped recording. Yeah, uh, I guess I it's because we stopped recording and Vincenzo lost the rub. I mean, you know, to echo what you said there, I I think winning is everything, and that's winning does kind of fix a lot of issues. And at least they're not like a bad team. Like at least they're not ethically like a bad club, and I probably shouldn't like them or dislike them as much as I do. They've been getting their stuff together. They handed handled the Fagioli. Uh, gambling stuff with class. They've done some good things recently, and there's never a boring day at Juventus. Besides the teams, they play the games. Like, the games are boring. Uh, but I just also wanted to shout out, he got the assist on the goal, Caustic. Uh, I think he's one of the best players in the league. I, I think this guy's been criminally underrated his whole career. He spent some time in the Bundesliga. Um, and I was always a fan of him when he was in the Bundesliga. He's not the kind of guy you're going to turn a game on for. But just throughout the, you know, time he spent at Juventus now two seasons he's been really really good and uh yeah just want to give him some flowers real quick he's a player that I think goes very underappreciated and I think this whole you know Allegri system doesn't work without him yeah yeah 100 100%, 100 yeah big fan um, of him um anything else for this one I, I mean it's a one nothing game I to talk Fiorentina it's it's just sad that they've fallen off a cliff I was thinking that they could finish top four now they're in eighth as we record again so um you it might be Vincenzo it might be Vincenzo over folks uh but yeah <laughs> real tough for them but yeah Nico was really good and I think he's gonna get a big move in January if they want to call the call the season a bust which stinks because no. they had all the optimism I think summer I don't think they'll I don't think they'll give up on him just yet. They sold Vlahovic in January. I forget when they sold Chiesa. Let me Google it really quick. Sure. I don't know. I, I forget. Was Chiesa when when um he was with was he with Juve for the Yeah, he signed in October. Okay, he signed in October. So they don't do all their business in January. I just remember Deucegon was like he broke the league transfer record on the back of a very good season. Um, and I hope they don't sell the Juventus anymore because, you know, Vlahovic and <laughs> two players that I liked a lot. And it, it hasn't worked for really – it's worked for Fiorentina. It just hasn't worked for Juventus for both of them um, too, too much. But, yeah, Juventus in second. It stinks because one of your favorite players, Jake Chiesa, is trapped playing this game. Uh, how do you feel about that? 
I mean, he's been playing well this year, so I'm not, like, mad about it. But, like, imagine him on a different team. Like, if he was on Inter next to Lataro, that would be amazing. Um, yeah, it's been good this year. I, I can't I can't really complain because last year it looked Kies over. So, um, <laughs> I can't be too mad. No, you can't. But it's... It's a bummer. We'll see what happens next. Um, going that round, Syria. Let's see the third place matchup of the week. Uh, big loss for AC Milan. AC Milan dropped points to Udinese, dropping all three points in a one nothing loss. Um, my notes for this one was uh, Ryan Nears. He had a stinker. He wasn't good. <laughs> he missed like a really easy goal uh, from watching the tape back on this one. Uh, too easy. Udinese drew an easy penalty. Perea put it in. Giroud smoked one at the end. Yeah, it's like Pioli's might be on the hot seat. I know you were wanting to talk a little bit more on this one, yeah. Jake. Um, yeah. I'll let you cook for a minute here because I caught the highlights. It was three minutes of just Milan running down the field, smoking <laughs> a shot, and then just like kind of until the Udinese penalty, they had nothing going the other way. But um, yeah, they're they're moving into third in the table, and it feels like they're dropping down. Yeah, man, it's 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 weird because um, right now they're last in their Champions League group. Um, and they just lost to a team that at home didn't have a win all season. Um, so you got to ask, I mean, how did, is he on the, I think he's on the hot seat. There was a rumor coming out today that he's not, but I think he absolutely should be uh, unless they turn it around. Um, a lot of rumors that Zlatan's going to be joining the staff and that he's going to be the successor, which would be very interesting. Um, another thing is Luka Jovic should not play again. He is absolutely atrocious. He cannot be a striker in Serie A anymore. It doesn't matter what club. He should go to Serie B or just stop playing. He's He doesn't do anything. And Giroud's been, I, Giroud's been bad this year. He's been a pen merchant. They really they do need to invest in the striker because Poli was out with a knock and their solution right now is to play Luka Jovic and put Leal in midfield. That's just not a viable solution. It might be something you have to invest in. I don't think Giroud could be a starting striker for much longer. You look at the stat sheet, yeah, he has six goals and three assists in ten games, but other than that, he, he's been poor this season. He really has. So like he has these good two-goal games, and then on that, it's just empty stat filler games. Um, so I do think they need to invest in the striker, and I do think Luka Jovic should be loaned back. Um, oh, no, they, they bought him. It's free transfer, so they actually had to keep him. Well, not keep him, but... Yeah, the Jovic phenomenon's been weird. I know you um, you started watching this beautiful game all after me, but he had one very Mickey Mouse um, outperformed his XG season at Frankfurt, which got him this big money Real Madrid transfer, and he was never Real Madrid quality at all. Um, it's it's one of those things that looking back on it, it was just funny that it happened because these were like these, you know, he was like Timo Werner just scoring these useless Bundesliga goals, and um, it translated into a big payday for him and he had this contract that he couldn't move and he went to Fiorentina for a year until the deal expired because Vincenzo found ways to use him but overall there's there's nothing really there with Jovic at all he shouldn't be starting games in 2023 at the top flight for a top club so it's it's a bummer uh to talk you know last five or last four or I guess the last three games uh, Milan has lost in the league last four counting the Champions League 
Um, I, I actually that's not true. They drew once with Napoli and lost the other two around it to Juventus and now uh, Modenese. They've also lost to PSG. They're about to play PSG again tomorrow as we record this. Uh, not looking good, bro. <laughs> they're last in their Champions League group. It looks like they're going to lose that competition. If Pioli gets the second half of the season and they can only focus on one competition, that would probably be a big help for them. Uh, but, you know, they were in the group of death. They're the worst team in the group of death, which is fine, you know. Uh, I think there's no shame in them moving on from Pioli in January. I just think you have to kind of ride him into the break before picking a new coach, unless Antonio Conte wants to come to Milan. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Yeah, but that's it for Milan. Uh, to go back into kind of a more fun club to talk about uh, <laughs> right now is Napoli, who have their mojo back. They beat Salernitana two nothing. So that's a this is a big vibe shift. We were kind of we weren't writing Napoli's eulogy on the last episode, but we were we were penning it. We were writing it in pencils. So we were starting to start to write Napoli's eulogy. But they came all the way back. They've been in really good form in the past two games, uh, going two uh, wins, one draw, no losses. They're back and forth. It looks like they're going to try to make a push here. It's interesting that they're doing this without Ossiman. Um, I think they're a very good team at the moment. Uh, they're getting their mojo back despite Rudy Garcia. I don't think it's because of him. I think the talent in the squad is just too high. Raspadori is in very good form as he scores two goals. Uh, Giacomo Raspadori, one of my guys within the league. I'm very happy he was able to get this. He scored another goal in this one. He has three goals in three games. As they beat Southern Italia 2 0. Uh, it was one way traffic. It was a shooting gallery. Napoli could have won this game 5 0 if they got the right breaks. Um, and then Elmas scored a great goal to end it, which he's a bench attacker at this point. For Napoli, very encouraged by the performance. Kivashelli is starting to run the game again. Uh, so they have two wins and a comeback draw where they were down 2 0. They have the resilience back. I don't know if Osiman's coming back. Uh, we'll see if, you know, if they want to sell him off in January and even bring him back at all but if this is the napoli team throughout the end of the season i think they can make a really strong push for the uh for a maybe even a title but definitely top two by the end of the year but i'll pass it over to you jake yeah i'm not saying he's a better player because he's not but is raspadori a better fit this season than osman is because he's fit like a glove so far in the games he started he's got three goals two assists and just the impact he's had um he certainly put his name back in the hat to start for Italy whenever that, you know, comes up. Obviously, this month is a huge one. But, um, yeah, he's been incredible. And they've been, I mean, ever since the injury, they have been incredible. So, you know, complete vibe shift. They're in fourth right now, pulling off the third. Um, Politano has been awesome this year. The midfield was great. Um, Matthias Oliveira was great. Um it's all around a great game. I know it's Sal and Tanya, but who are in last right now and somehow drew to us the first game. Um, but yeah, he's been, he's been awesome for Napoli. I think they're going to full on sell Osman in January now uh, so they can play this guy. So yeah, it's crazy. I, I, I didn't expect this. So it's certainly, certainly something that's been happening um, in Syria. And I think, more people are going to come around to this Raspadori conversation. 
Yeah, I'm very happy with Raspador. He's always been one of my guys, um, and I'm just, you know, he's, he's putting up good numbers, very happy with the performances, and we'll see where, you know, his season goes. I think that's a good take. He might be a better system fit because I think Kivashelia wants to stay here for the long term, and he's putting in the work to stay here for the long term, even if they might sell him at some point down the line. Yeah. But, you know, he's playing like a leader, and even though they make that great dynamic duo – this team reinvested that first transfer budget really well. They didn't reinvest the Kim money very well. But if they get $100 million in January for Osimhen, I don't see where they'd say no. Because Real Madrid, they need a striker right now. And there's a very publicly available world-class striker in Napoli for when he comes back in from injury. And hey, if he's still injured, maybe they can pick up Tammy Abraham. Who knows about that? Uh, but yeah, no, that's... That's completely a joke. They're not going for ten. But um, aside from that, the final game I have here written down, uh, we haven't given this team enough love this season, but Bologna is up to sixth. Uh, Tiago Mota's Bologna. You know, everyone will remember a couple of years ago, he had the 2-7-2 formation. He was running at the youth level. And everyone was like, oh, that's crazy. You can't do that. You, you can't have a seven-man midfield. And, uh, you know, he... In fact, he does not have a seven-man midfield, but that was just kind of an interesting note on Modia, Moda that I can remember. But um, they've been really building something there. So they beat Lazio this weekend, one to nothing. Uh, they had a wonderful game. There's a center back, uh, former Milan Street prospect, Calafort Fiore, who had an absolute wonderful game on the back end. He uh, he was absolutely insane. This 21-year-old Italian center back, I, Jake, you could dig in if you know anything about him but i i was not familiar with his game i remembered he was a wing back for the past couple of years but malta has gotten to this kid and he's elevated him to the next level so that's really exciting i really like the front four for um bologna which is orsolini ferguson xerxy and uh one more person i'm trying to pull it up quick uh but i really do like the front four they run out they can dominate the game uh, they do dominate possession very well. I like this as like a flirting harassment thing from me saying Allegri winning one nothing to Malta winning one nothing's bad, but I like what he's doing at Bologna. I think he's gonna coach the big club. Oh, it's Salamakers, the the former Milan man who yeah. just made the move this summer. Yep, Salamakers. Um, yeah, no, it was a really good game. Laughing at Lazio as usual. L L L L. Um. But I'm happy about this. Lazio put in a stinker, and they're down to 10th in the table. So completely fine with that. Uh, Jake, I'll pass it over to you. Yeah, there was a rumors a few months ago that uh, Tiago Monte would be the successor if Jose were to be gone. Um, probably fine with that. I mean, it's been – it's crazy. You know, we don't give them enough love because we didn't really see this coming. But they're in six right now. Um, four wins, six draws, one loss. But lately they've been very good. Sal Makers, um, very good. Um, Cal Fiore had a lot of offers this summer um, from Lazio um, and decided to stay. Um, and, you know, he's proved himself just, just a good team and something, you know, I'll definitely keep my eye on. Who knows if they stay top six right now, but Tiago Mota will get his respect. He has been a very good manager this year um and th this is a good kind of boring <laughs> debut wazio and it's not he bet this uh something to note uh nicole ravella continues to start which is good um and tati got another start over mobile which we love and pedro is somehow still playing 
It's, it's absurd. Yeah, this Lazio team is crazy. I mean, it was tactically an interesting game because Mota and Pioli both played two attacking styles. I was able to watch. This was one of my spotlight games of the weekend as it was on on Friday. I was able to watch a little bit more of it. Uh, you know, Mota's had an interesting career. We haven't really talked about him too much as one of the managers in the league, but he was a Brazilian international. He was able to transition over to an Italian international by the end of his career. Uh, he had a very good career. He played for a very long time. He played at some of the biggest clubs in Italy, such as Genoa and Inter. He was very good at both of those clubs. He was a big part of the Inter team that won the treble in 2010. Uh, former Barcelona man, former PSG man. Uh, most people know him from his time at PSG. But he's become one of the most promising coaches in the world. He's taken Genoa, Spezia, and Bologna all under his wing and left them pretty much in better places than he began. And he's one of the promising young coaches. And if any of these big six jobs open up, I think he's going to get first dibs unless he wants to hold out until, like, let's say PSG opens up or something. But very interesting coach, and I think he's definitely one to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds good. So that'll take us to the end of the game's breakdown. Um, You know, overall, things are looking good. The league's looking good. The table's looking good. I'll run through the table quick. We have a little game we want to play in a minute, but... Just to run through the table for anyone who was having trouble keeping score at home. Inter came in first. Juventus came in second. Or Inter are currently in first on 28 points. Juventus came in second on 26 points. Milan are third in with 22 points. So they are now the different the distance between first place and second place and third place is two games. So they're basically two games back of entering Juventus, so they need some breaks at this point. Napoli is in fourth with 21 points. Adelante is in fifth with 19 points. Bologna in sixth with 18 points. Roma in seventh with 17 points. And Fiorentina in eighth with 17 points. Uh, Monza in ninth with 16 points. Lazio in tenth with 16 points. So that's the table as it reads. The Europa spots go to, in, or the European spots go to Inter, Juventus, Milan, Napoli, and Bologna's dreaming, and they are towards the top of the table. So very funny. I looked at the next couple for Bologna. They have Fiorentina next, but then they have very easy games through the Christmas holiday where their schedule ramps back up. So I think they might be hanging around here for a while. But Jake, any takes on the table at this point? No, I mean, it's just, it's crazy right now. Um, it's going to continue to fluctuate. I think Inter is going to run away with it. Uh, we'll see if Milan improves or stays cold. Uh, if Napoli stays hot, we'll see what Roma does. I expect Fiorentina to bounce back, and Lazio will just be weird. Yep. So um, Juventus, actually, the first game back from the next international break, it's going to be Juventus and Inter. So the next week coming up is going to be a big opportunity for the two teams to get some points and jockey for position. But the game that might wind up deciding the league is going to be Sunday, November 26th. So um, we're going to talk about some of the games coming up. But overall, things are looking good right now uh, in the league table. But let's do our team of the week quick. Jake, without further ado, who is your team of the week for this match week? We're going Roma for obvious reasons. They battled back with heart. Um, and yeah, might be a tad biased, but don't care. Took my pick, but that's perfectly fine. I'm going to give it to Bologna in this instance. Uh, you know, one nothing win, but still, team that's putting in a good effort week in, week out, give them their flowers while they're here. Um, you know, no one else besides Napoli really inspired in the big four, and that was against one of the worst teams in the league, so I'll, I'll give them that. But, yeah, I'll give it to Bologna this week. 
my player of the week for this week, I'm going with from Bologna. I am going with, uh, how is it, Calafiori. He had an awesome game, was an absolute star in this one, and I think they're playing their best, kind of the best they played this season. Very happy with the, what's going on at Bologna at the moment. Just wanted to give them some love this episode in case they fall out of the top eight, and then we're not going to be mentioning them as much. But, uh, Jake, who do you have as player of the week here? This is tough. Um, I think I don't want to say Lukaku. I'm going to think of someone else. Um, <laughs> it's just such there weren't too many great performances. No, there really wasn't. Um, Damn, man. Yeah, it's a good point. There really wasn't. Um, I mean. This might be a really underlooked one, but he was the only player with a brace this week, and that was Lorenzo Colombo. Did you say that or no? No, I didn't. I said Calafiori. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, Lorenzo Colombo, 21-year-old on loan uh, from Milan. Funny enough, maybe they should recall him. Uh, they won't. I'm sure they don't care. <laughs> but um, two goals in this game, 21 years old, player to watch. Um, he had a goal in a previous game as well. Uh, against Asuelo, which was the game winner. Monza's, you know, whatever. They're in ninth right now, which is more than I expected. Uh, I'd like to listen back to uh, our predictions at the game of the year and see how much that's changed. But, um, yeah, I'll go him. Is the I believe he's the only player with a brace this week. No, you're right on that. He's the only yeah. one with more than one goal. I, that's how I normally do this segment. I think of who scored the most goals, and then if not, who had the most goal contributions, and then try to sort it out from there. Um, I picked a defensive performance because it was pretty defensive in the week. And yeah, yeah give Monza some flowers. They won 3 1 over Hellas. They're doing better. Um, Copolani and Colombo have a really good partnership. We'll see how it develops. They might both be at different clubs next season. Uh, but two two pretty good young players in that um, in that Monza team. American of the week, I think it's defaulted here to Weston McKinney. I don't think any other Americans besides Timothy Weah played this weekend, and even then, Weah wasn't like phenomenal. Weah did put in a good shift against Milan when they were shorthanded. Uh, Pulisic was out with knock this weekend, so I'm giving it to McKinney, and I think that gives McKinney the clubhouse. Oh, Wea didn't even play this weekend, so no Timothy Wea. Only one American played, Weston McKinney. Pretty easy. Uh, playing with confidence this season, even if he's a, mu- a much better team than Leeds United. And uh, just thinking, Juventus weren't even going to play this guy. They froze him out of the team to start the season, and he's now played in the majority of their games. So shout out to Weston. Really good season from him. Uh, spin Zone, we are a Serie B podcast in the next minute. My American of the Week is Gianluca Busio because he <laughs> He scored against uh, Ternana uh, for the game winner, so we'll, we'll go him. Hell yeah. No, I, I do love Busio. Um, <laughs> big Busio fan. But, um, yeah, aside from we need that. More, we need more Americans. Yeah, we need more Americans. I mean, the Not whole enough. segment here was predicated on Pulisic playing most of the season and Balogun uh, coming to Inter, which very much did not happen at the end there. But, like, you know, for what it's worth, Musa's still here. He didn't put in a good game. A, he's been playing, at least, though. He's been playing. He, yeah. at, the, at the beginning, he wasn't playing. Now he's playing because Milan's midfield is absolutely in shambles. Um, yeah. But RLC had a cameo. I believe he's working his way back. They obviously need Benacer back. Krunich is not it. Um, that's Pioli's guy, uh, Milan Fan TV. Had the little rant. Uh, he's like the golden boy, and he always plays him. And, yeah. Um, 
Re- uh, Reindeer is all right. I like him a lot, but he's been eh. So good for Musa, though. I mean, he's been playing, but not well. Yep, sounds good. Yeah, it's. I mean, I don't even know if Musa made a cameo in this week's game because I didn't notice, so that's fine. Uh, but next up, uh, Jake, you said this game one world-class player per team. Uh, if I understand this right, we're just going to run down the list of teams and we're each going to pick one world-class player on each team? Yeah, we'll, we'll obviously be different, of course, because that's no fun if we do Yep, sounds one. good. So we'll snake it. Um, you can have the first pick with Inter Milan. Um, I will give you Ataro, um, because I don't want to, I don't want to steal Ataro from you. So where do I want to go here? Um, cause they, I mean, they obviously have so many, um, okay. Um, I mean, Barella hasn't been world-class this year. I think he is, but not this year. Um, I think DeMarco has been a world-class fullback this year. Um, I'll go him. He struggled this week, which we didn't talk about, but he had like his first bag in this week. But he's only 25 years old, one goal, four assists, um, playing left mid, left back uh, in that little role, playing left back for Italy, obviously, and uh, left mid for Inter. He's been so good this year. Uh, very good to see because I wasn't like totally high on him entering the year, but now he's been he's been outstanding. So uh, he, I, I think he's world class. That might be a bad take, but I genuinely think he is. Yeah, no, I'm a I'm a big Fetty DeMarco guy. I, I really like the player. I cannot believe you gave me the best player in the league here. That, that's incredible. But um, I'll take nice, Latara Martinez. Nice Thank you. You are very kind. Um, but yeah, Latara Martinez, best player in the league this year. Him and Marcus Duram, great partnership. He's absolutely lethal out there. I was surprised Roma was able to keep him off the board because he's he's been absolutely wonderful. This guy, when he's in form, there's nothing like it. And he's, at this point in the season, he has 12 gold in 11 games. He's going to be chasing 30. I think he's going to hit it pretty easily. And then who knows past that, maybe he could even chase the Higuain record this year because this uh, strike partnership is very special. But he's also going to be weighed down with the Champions League, so I wouldn't say high 30s or you know more than 35 goals is on the docket, but I could see him finishing around 30 this year in the form he's in. Um, you know, they have some good players in Milan. It's very difficult to say too many are world-class. I was not familiar with Marcus Jerome's game. He's incredible, but I wouldn't call him quite world-class. Uh, Denzel Dumfries wouldn't call him world-class, even though he's a really no. good player. And then Hakan Shatangalu, he's, he's always been very underrated. I think this is the closest he's ever been to world-class, but I would not consider him world-class. Bastoni? Uh, what's up? Would you call Bastoni world-class? Uh, Bastoni, he's getting there. He's still young. I mean, he's he still makes some mistakes. He has to be healthy, and it adds up. I mean, I wouldn't really call anyone, even Pavard, that starts for France. I wouldn't call world class young summer. No one really, outside the two. I I agree. Demarco's world class. I know Barella's world class, even if he isn't putting it in this year. But that's uh, that's where I line on these guys. Uh, Juventus. Ooh, this one's tough. Um, so world class <laughs> Juventus. I gave him some flowers earlier. I'll stick with kind of the bit for the episode here. Uh, but I'm going to go with Philip Kostic. You know, I was thinking about giving it to Rabio here, but Kostic is definitely world class. One of the best players in his world, in the world, in this little um, kind of weird left wing back position. Big fan of his, and I'll give him his flowers here, and I'll pass it back to you, Jake. I'm going to go Bremer. I think he's been one of the best center backs in Serie A this year. I don't think there's too much of a debate. Really good the past two years, too, so it's very not a surprise. Uh, I don't think people realize how good this guy is. Really good for Brazil, too. So 
um, when he plays. They don't really play him all the time, but when he plays, he's very good. Um, probably the most vital player for Juventus this year. I think he's world-class. Is there anyone else? Chesney's one of the top goalies of Syria, top three, four. Um, I'd say Chesney's world-class. Uh, Chiesa's close if no, the injuries no, weren't a thing. I'm not, not going to give it to him. I know, if the injuries weren't a thing. I think Rabiot's world-class. I, oh, I, yeah, I do genuinely sure. think that um, this year and last Locatelli's not there yet. Danilo isn't there yet, but you know it's. It, I, I know we're begging them to play more fun, but these are just boring and boring players. Uh, so it's it's difficult to like really say anything else on them. Uh, hopefully, Weston McKinney becomes world class because that'd be good for the United States of America. Uh, next up, AC Milan. Easy pick here, Rafael Leo. No, no need to overthink this. Just uh, one of the best players in the world. So I'm going to take him there. I should have probably given you that pick, but you can go next. Who, who do you have for Milan here, Jake? Yeah, he obviously hasn't been as good as he usually is, but he's still a world-class player. He's still 24. He's extended. So um, there's a few you can go here, um, and we'll break down who else is. But I will go with Tamori. I think he's so, so important for them. You see what they do without him and how much they struggle. They're struggling with him now, but to the back line, he's so important. I, I think he's world-class. Mike Mignon obviously is, um, I'm not going to say Ferenzi's world-class, but I do think he's been very good lately, so good for him. Teo Hernandez hasn't been good this year, but genuinely or generally he's world-class. Um, I'm not ready to say Tao is world-class. Um, RLC is proving that he could be in the future. Um he's not there yet. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go there. He's been no, very good. No. Don't go there, please. Don't go there. Yeah, he's 25. Um, he still has some time left, but pull six guys game back. That that's a good thing. Six goals and assists in ten matches, but not world class. I, I don't know. If you think of world class as someone who can carry their national team, he has carried the U.S. national team. But like, I don't know. I don't. I don't think he's quite world class. But if he gives this year. If he takes the 10 games he's had so far this year and carries that over a full season and he's able to do some stuff with the U.S. national team, then maybe this time next year we could talk about him being world-class. Yeah, it's it's hard because some people define world-class as top three in their position, but I just think if you genuinely show consistency um, across the season, even if you're it's a stacked position and you're not top three, I still think you can be world-class. Yeah. Um, next up for Napoli, I mean, there's so many players in this team that you could pick as world-class. Uh, Jake, I'll give you the first pick here. Yeah, obviously, um, Victor Osimhen's world-class. Um, um, Kvitra's world-class. I mean, I think Zelinski is. Um, Anquish has been good. Not him, though. Um, I'm forgetting his name. Um, Di Lorenzo? Yes, I was the Lorenzo. I'm forgetting a midfielder. Um, Who was Zelensky? They have um, De Lorenzo, Laboka, Raspadori. Yeah. I don't think their um, defenders are world class, like their center backs. I don't think Marin is. He's good, but not world class. But yeah, definitely the two forwards and the two midfielders. 
Yeah, I'd give DiLorenzo a shout there too as a uh, world-class player. But yeah, five world-class players in the team. They're not dominating this year. And funny enough, the best player by uh, foot mob standards this year is Matteo Politano, who was someone I was very high on when he was with Sassuolo, but he never really played together until recently where he's had uh, eight goals and assists this year. So shout out Politano, putting it together at 30. Not only is DiLorenzo world-class, I think he's one of the better right-backs in football. Obviously, there's Trent and... Hakimi, but I my top three in the position, I'd give it to I'd give it to Di Lorenzo. I think he's top three in his position on the planet. I would too. Hakimi should do it in the real league. Yeah, no, that's right. Um, Cowards League, I'll, I'll say it. Um, next up, Atalanta. This one's a lot tougher. I uh, don't really think there's too many world class players in the squad. I think it's more of a a very well coached team. Um, you know, no one I'm ready to give it to yet. I think Scalvini can get there. Um, it's, like, I think if he, he looks like a destroyer, he's impressed me more at a younger age than Bastoni did. Um, I think you get there. Cope Miners has reclaimed his career. Um, Darun's pretty good, but no one, no one in this team really is world class. But if I had to pick one, I'd pick Scalvini. Um, yeah, that's from my pick. I, I can't even say anyone else is. Um, Ruggiero's been good, not world class. We'll go Darun. I, I would consider him world class. Just the just the class midfielder. He always has been. I don't think he can give it to anyone else right now. As much as I would love to give it to CDK or Skamaka. They're not there yet. Coop Miners, you can debate about him. I don't think so. Yeah, we'll, we'll see where Atalanta go here. Um, I guess we could just include another team or two because some of the next teams have some great players. Uh, Bologna, no world-class players. We don't even have to get hung up on that. Um, Roma, I guess, you know, I, you go through the Roma team and there's so many great players and it's it's such a weird team, but you go Lukaku as world-class. I'd go uh, Paulo de Bala as world-class, even if he can't get into the Argentina team. I still think he's a world-class talent, and talent-wise, one of the five best players in the league. Um, you know, then you go from there, and you start looking at the rest of the team, and they're all just very, very top-end players. Chris Hante's a top-end player, but not world-class. Spinazzola never got his flowers when he deserved them, but I'd say he's a very good player. Paredes, later in his career, started to put something together. Belotti was world-class, I think, at a point when he was really, like, the chicken, uh, when he was the biggest chicken on the planet. Um, but no, he's, he's not world-class. Aquar... Um, you know, for being the best player on or one of the best players for the Algerian national team, he's up there, but probably not. Uh, Mancini is having kind of a tougher year. I, I really rate him, but he's not world class. So it, I think it's just the two attackers. Mancini? No, he's um, I don't think he's world class. I love Mancini. I just don't think he's world class. Maybe not world class, but I think he's class. I think he's very underrated. Yeah, I mean, if he puts in a shift where he's like one of the best players in the league, s- secretly I was rated at Bonia as a little bit over Mancini, but I think we're getting to the point where Mancini is kind of, you know, it's he, it's his team. He's the captain. Um, we'll talk about, we'll get to the Roma roundup in a little bit, but he did some stuff during the inter game that I wanted to kind of shout out. But um, next up, I guess we could wrap it there for the world class segment. Uh, idea for next week, Jake, and maybe we could do this instead of the this kind of segment. Uh, maybe we'll take like the biggest fixture of next week and just do like a best eleven. I think that would work well. Uh, yeah. But we'll but go we into can, the next we can, week. We can do that. 
Yeah, we can just run through it now. I'll call out the game when we get to it, uh, but we'll just highlight some games. Uh, So this week is another down week of Calcio. The first game of the week is Milan playing Lecce that you should have on your radar. This is Saturday the 11th. There's a game on Friday. It's not looking too interesting. So Typical Friday, Serie A. Milan playing Lecce. Yeah, Friday Serie A is either like the best thing on the planet or it's like, oh, that's on. I'm not watching that. Uh, but Milan won. Lecce won is my prediction for this one. Jake, who do you have win this one? Big game for Milan um, on the road against Lecce. Lecce is going to want to win, I think, because they just had one literally taken from them by Roma. Thank God. Uh, one one, I think, is a good shout. And I'm, I'm going to agree with you. Lecce has never won against Milan. Uh, three draws, five wins. Um, they did draw last year 2 2 uh, in January, and Bashiroto scored. <laughs> I love looking at these old games. Yeah, I remember I remember that game. Um, it was a. That's when know, the meme was, came out, right? That's when the meme came out when he scored that super goal. Uh, but yeah, it was a banger of a goal. It, it was absolutely wonderful. I was, I was happy with that one. Yeah, I, I don't know. It doesn't feel like Milan's ready to get right yet. They might get right later in the season after the break, but uh, for now, they're not getting right. Uh, Juventus Cagliari. I'm going to go with, you guys aren't going to believe this at home, Massimiro Allegri is going to win this game one to nothing. That's <laughs> my take. I think one nothing Juventus. I'll go 2 nothing. If you can't put two on Cagliari, I mean... Don't be this boring, please. Um, yeah. It's like, what are we doing here? Uh, apparently, Way is hurt. Uh, Rabio suspended. Um, in 23 matches, Kyo has only been in Juventus once. I'm checking when that was. Oh, it was 2020, July 2020. They won 2-0. Um, wow. <laughs> this is when, oh my God, the front three was Ronaldo, Higuain, and Bernard Chazzy. <laughs> oh my god, this, this lineup is awful. Okay, it's Buffon, San, San Alexandro, Benucci, Rugani, Quadrado, Betacur, Pjanic, and Murator. Wow. That was, Who was, was this uh, during the Pirlo season? No, this is Sorry Ball. Oh, Sorry Ball. Oh god, that was bad too. <laughs> oh, you bet. Just, oh man, maybe they're better off winning one nothing uh, after some of the easers they bring charge. Um next up I have Napoli in another get right game beating Empoli four to one. Jake, anything here? Uh this is now we're into the Sunday slate. Six thirty in the morning, we will not be there. No, we will not. Um yeah, I mean they're gonna dominate Raspadori, I believe we'll start. I don't think I think Osman's still got a week or two. And you don't want to rush him back now that you've seen success. If they were losing still, you can see him rushing him back, but I mean they're cooking, you know. Let him get healthy um, in a good state of mind because he's had a tough season mentally, obviously. So, but yeah, I think Napoli will win. And Empoli, believe, is in the relegation spot. Yeah, they're in 19. Eight losses in 11 games. <laughs> a lot of goals allowed for Empoli. But they did get right and beat Fiorentina, which is our next team up here. Uh, Fiorentina played Bologna. So, in this one... This uh, is going to cook. Kinda... Yeah, this game might be fire. Um, I have it down here as two to one, um, two to one with Fiorentina beating Bologna. I still believe in you, Vincenzo. Do it for me, baby. Let Let's go. Let's get this win. Let Let's get right. But uh, what do you have here, Jake? Fun fact: in the last two matches between them, Fiorentina has lost both. I hope this isn't the pattern because uh, they're home. Um, this is a massive get right game. You gotta win this one. At least get a point. Um, because they are one point apart, so a point would be nice. No Coyote, I believe, so Parisi's kind of playing on his offside. But I think Fiorentina win this one. 
I'm going three two. Yep, that, that works for me, brother. Uh, next up, Atalanta and Udinese play also at the same time as Fiorentina and Bologna. Um, I have this one as a 2-1 Atalanta victory. I think, you know, Udinese doesn't carry the momentum, and it's just kind of a one-off that they were able to beat Milan. But Atalanta gets right here uh, or continues to stay. I guess they get right because they lost to the camps or camps to be enter last week. But um, feeling good about Atalanta winning this one. 4 nothing. I'll go. Um, Hell yeah, I might bet on that. I don't want that. that confident. Um, one more to get into before we do the matchup game. Um, but Inter against Frazinone. Uh, I have this written down as two nothing. This could be a lot more. Frazinone are very weak at the back, but I think Inter just cruises into the international break, takes it easy. They're fun though, Frazinone. I, I gotta say, they won today. Uh, it is Empoli, but still, they did win today. Um, they have the best. Ibrahimovic in football. Um, he's 17. Okay. Sheesh. Yeah, That's no, I crazy. saw that. I, he's I, I German. He's German. <laughs> yeah, not Swedish. <laughs> not um, related at all. No, um, not really yeah, Inter, at all. Inter will smoke him. Um, regardless if Vard is in or not. Um, yeah, they'll smoke him. But it would yep. be very Inter to lose this game. Yep. Next and up, are, game. And also is Champions League this week, so. Yeah, they do have Champions League this week, which I did not factor into my predictions, even though I probably should have. But that's that's completely fine. Um, now to kind of segue us. <laughs> yeah, next. Uh, yeah, and uh, next week, just pro. I'll, I'll give the programming note later in the pod number. But, but um, basically, we're going to talk about now the game of the week is the the big derby. It's Lazio and Roma. Uh, this is a game that I feel like I've never seen Roma win, really. Um, you know, for my five or six years now of supporting Roma, it feels like Lazio always kicks our bouts. Uh, But I feel good going into this one, the first one in a while, where we're we're pretty safe ahead of them in the table. And I don't think Mourinho's won the Derby yet. That's one big thing coming into this one. Um, it's an exciting game. So first off, before we break down the game in the Roma segment, and we give like our best 11 for the two teams, or combined 11 for the two teams, uh, let's give our predictions. I have Roma winning this one. Mourinho wins his first Derby della Roma, uh, three to one. He's won uh, one of them, I think. Has he? I don't think he has won. Yeah, he, um, according to this, he was on. He was the manager for the three nil game in March of 2022. Tammy scored twice, and Pellegrini scored. Um, Sergio Oliveira was in the midfield, <laughs> and they still had um, what's his name? Fuck. Um, Matias Vina as well. Um, yeah, this is this is a crazy lineup. I'm looking. Oh, at. I remember this. Oh, that was the day after my birthday. Yeah. Okay, I remember this game now. Yeah, that was the um, only one they've lost. Every yeah, other one. <laughs> that was a weird one. Yeah. No, I remember being so hyped when Pellegrini was scoring. That was during the Tammy Abraham Linsanity run. Um. Yeah. No, that's that's good. 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 Good shot there to get me there. But yeah, I, I completely forgot about that one. So okay. Yeah, I just remember that. Was that? I don't think Pioli was coaching. Or sorry, was coaching. I'm going to look. That Lazio team. I'm, I'm yeah. looking now. I'm trying to remember. This isn't a Lazio podcast. This is certainly not. <laughs> I, I, I hate Lazio. I despise them. I despise them more than Everton, if you know me as a Liverpool fan. I really, I cannot stand Lazio for a myriad of reasons, which I'm not going to get into here. But Holy uh, shit. Tom Strakosha was in that? Oh, my God. What a game. 
Um, okay, so he took over Lazio in 21. Okay, so he was the coach at the time. So there, good, yeah. good on Jose. Jose's beat him, sorry, in the derby. Uh, but that's good. Uh, good to hear that. But let's get into the, or I'll give my prediction was at 3 1. Jake, what's your prediction for this one? I'll go 2 0. 2 0? Yeah. Uh, goal scores? Ooh, um, I think that ball will be back on the score sheet, and we will go with Lukaku uh, as well. Yeah, I got 3 1. I'm going to give two goals to Romelu Lukaku, and then I'm going to give a goal to. Um, you know, I don't think Pellegrini is going to play. It would be nice of him to get a goal, but no, it would be, right. be nice for, like, I, who do I give this goal to? It's not going to be Dybala because he never scores anymore. Um, it's going <laughs> to be the chicken man. Andrea Belotti will score a goal, so that will be nice. You think um, Tati scores for Lazio? Yeah, I, I, could, I, I could see a Mobley score. I, I don't really – I don't know. I hate Lazio. I don't even want to give them their flowers in the segment, but we'll do it. I mean, Abanez was a killer. He was awful the past two games against Lazio. Their fans were actually, like, really sad to see him go, so that was a bummer. Yeah, did you, um, that, that Twitter uh, – the official Twitter account said sad to see him go. <laughs> yeah, it was a bummer. I mean, he blew two games, which is – you know, Yeah, yeah. Fun, he, he was um, big in the small games and small in the big games. Yeah, he was good in Europe too, in the Conference League, and also he's a good player. League, um, yeah, I haven't really but, checked in on him. Maybe I'll check in on him over the week, but I also just don't like checking in on the Saudi League too much. But um, um, there's yeah, no, there's so, no Lukaku without Abanez leaving. Yeah, so. there's no Lukaku without Abanez. It's a big so factor. It is, and we're also a center back factory. Like we lose Abanez, we're able to build up Indica. Um, Roma's center backs is like the perfect place for us to hype guys up because Diego Lorente went from being a terrible Premier League player to <laughs> a, a very and no, it's it's true. Like you he's know, a, you got a, guys like Rudiger. Sure. We've had center backs like Rudiger come through our system. Um, a bunch of guys over the years who have come through Roma's pipeline. Uh, Marquinhos. Like we've had center backs that will just grow out of thin air and they'll stay here for two years and then go be world class elsewhere. So maybe that's why Indica came. I bet it's probably to work with Jose Mourinho. But we are a center back factory, even if Smalling's hurting out right now. Like we are five deep in the position or. Four deep in the position. Santa, who's not a center back, is a good center back. Yeah, right. We can build center back out of nowhere. So that that's some that's one of the strengths of the club at the moment. But let's get into the combined eleven. So yep. in net, it, we are playing the game of Rui Patricio versus Ivan Providel. Uh, Jake, you could go first here. This is a layup. Yeah, I'm gonna go Providel. Um, very high on him, unfortunately. I think he's third or fourth among Italian goalkeepers. Obviously, Vicario and Merritt. Are probably one, two, three with Donnarumma, but Provadel's been very good this year. And Rui Patricia was not. So uh, that, make, that makes it pretty easy for me. Yeah, I was going to say this for Roma Corner, but the announcers started to get pissed at Rui Patricio. Um, he now is <laughs> citing um, the Paramount Plus announcer for Syria in the United States. He started citing the XG numbers for Rui. And uh, look at the XG. Um, Rui has been the worst goalkeeper in Syria the past two seasons. And the announcer on Paramount Plus will bring it up at every instance. Uh, most, or I guess least, most negative goals saved above expected, if that makes sense. Um, just just the worst goaltender in the league versus Providell has had a pretty good season so far so i'm taking probadel there so that puts lazio up one nothing um goaltender in the formation but let's for the rest of the exercise go with as kind of roma runs a three five two um so three center backs at the uh, or three defenders next uh, to look through the defensive positions my picks i'm going to go with from roma and are healthy right now I'm going to go with uh, Mancini. I'm going to go with Indica. And then for Lazio, just to throw one more on there. 
I guess Rom- Romanali, I, I guess he's the best they have at the moment. Um, but those yeah, are my three defenders. That's sad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's really sad. They've been bad at the back. I'm not even going to give any Wazi players. I'm just going to do Rente, Indica, and um, Mancini. I mean, the Wazi don't deserve it. I'm going to try and be unbiased, but, like, I don't deserve it to be in the back three. They don't. Thank you. So uh, I'll, I'll side with you there. So you said Lorente. Yeah, Smalling small hasn't deserved it. Yeah, no. And, and then we have no other center backs. I mean, I think, <laughs> yeah, if, if we could, I'd drop Crisante back there, but it, that, that would be cheating a little bit. Um, okay, on the this left, you podcast. can pick. Yeah, it's our podcast. We make the rules. Uh, but on the left wing, who do you have? Um, or the left side, your, your pick, whoever you want to put there, either team. Um. So. Could I mean, be a tagger, could be wingback. Your call. So it's either spin. I mean, who played that last? It was spinny, right? Not spinny. Um, yeah, if we're going El on Shaw. the left, yeah, it's gonna be Elshaw, Spinny are your options for, um, for Napoli or for Lazio. You're looking at Pedro, I believe. That's <laughs> terrible. Um, I mean, it kind of has to go spinny. I mean, by default. Yep, sounds good. So I'm going to agree with you there. So spinning on the left, one of my favorites. On the right, we're going with Felipe Anderson for Lazio. And then for Roma, we are looking at, I guess it would be, Karsdorp. it's a weird mix. It's Karsdorp, it's Lewski, it's uh, Chris Sante. You, you can really pick take your pick here. It comes down to Karsdorp versus Felipe Anderson. It's Felipe Anderson. Let's not kid ourselves. It is. Yeah. yeah. One of the better players in the league. It just stinks he plays for. Such a terrible club, but that might be an indictment <laughs> on him. Um, this next position is Roma's deepest position, the center midfield. It's also one of Lazio's strengths, center midfielders. So for Lazio, we're talking about uh, Guendozzi, We're talking about Rovella. We're talking about Luis Alberto, who's having an incredible season. He's their best player by far. And also... Um, I, I'm trying to say his name, uh, Daiki Kamada. We talked about him before the season, but he hasn't had the yep. impact that everyone thought he would have in Syria. And then when we talk about Roma, they're a team of center midfielders. Brian Crisante, one of the best in the league. Renato Sanchez, um, Amiasad Akwarin as a midfielder here, even though he's been playing higher up the basketball game. Uh, Bove's in the conversation here as well for center midfielders. Uh, I'll throw in Lorenzo Pellegrini. I think you can throw him into this mix here without, I don't know, are we only doing healthy guys? Your call. Yeah, I, I guess you can because yeah, I'm kind Spinny. of factoring form in there. Yeah. And it's hard to have good form when you're hurt every two minutes. So, yeah, it sounds good. So, why don't you pick the first midfielder and I'll pick the second? So, oh, it's a 3 4 2, not a 3 5 2. That, that would be too many players. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, you go with the first midfielder. I'll go Alberto. He's been fantastic. And then yeah. The yeah. We'll go Alberto on the left. And then, I mean, I'm a big Guendouzi guy. Uh, Rovella has been really good this year. He's one of, one of Lazio's best players. I'm giving Crisante his flowers. If you have Alberto playing the more offensive midfield role, I think it's good to have Crisante play the defensive role. So you could even stack them and make it like kind of a 4-4-2. Um, I guess next up, uh, I don't know. How do you want to do this? Do you want to do the 3-5-2 or do you want to do a 3-5-3? Two, five, two. Okay. So we'll throw one more center midfielder in there. So you did, who did you put? I put Crisante. You put Alberto. Yeah, Still on the board is Bove- is uh, Rovella, Guendozi, and. Paredes. 
Yeah, I mean, that, that's Does he have one more game? I think he can come back this game. I, 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 think, got, I think he, he got a red and he's out, or two, too many yellows. Um, yeah, I think he just had one game with yellow cards. I even if he's out, I don't games. care. Let's put him in. He, he he yeah, we'll, we'll talk about more Roma stuff in a second, but he's one of my favorite players to ever play for this club. I, I love him. I would die for him. Um, but crazy. yeah, that's that's our midfielders. Uh, two attackers now, so the options we're looking at here are Romelu Lukaku, Paulo Dybala. We're looking at uh, for Lazio. We're looking at Tati Castellanos. We're looking at uh, your favorite hero, Mobley. Um, those are their best options there. I'm just trying to see if I'm missing anyone. No, can't say I am. Just he's no. kind of sticky up there. I'm taking Rom and Dybala. I'm not even giving Tati the time of day next to these two world class players. Yeah, I even do Bolotti over Tati too. I probably would too. Yeah, and, and not Tammy quite yet, but if Tammy comes back and plays well, it's gonna be weird, uh, man. Because uh, they're gonna have Lukaku, Dybala, El Shaw. They can put up there. They put Aquar striker sometimes. Asmoon and Tammy. It's gonna. They're be, so deep. It's not crazy. Bad. Again, I'm not. I'm not bitching at all. Yeah, Asmoon's on loan. So Asmoon's on loan, and they're gonna get the Brazilian kid potentially. That's that's true. The, the, and they're still in the mix for the Brazilian kids. So it's like they're so going to be so deep. Um, and there's a lot of minutes to go around, especially with the Europa League. And if they want to make a, a run in the, in the Copa. Copa. Yeah. But like, man, uh, Asmund really just like messes the whole thing up if he's actually going to be good. Um, what was what was the name of that guy from Denmark we were hyping up this time last year? Oh, Sobakken. <laughs> We've come a long way this year since the days of Zobakin. I'll tell you oh, that. I like him. Brother. I like it. I, I, I liked I, him too. Um, he's still on the contract. They loaned him. I think, I think yeah, I think we loaned him back because now we have five. No, he's been asked. <laughs> From, he um, no, he's barely played. That that happens. Loan player sometimes, but you know, Romelu Lukaku saved my life. I'm, I'm putting him up top, and then uh, Paulo de Bala in the other spot because he's he's the best in the world. I'm wearing his jersey right now. Um, so yeah, that's that's the breakdown for the derby. I'm very excited for this one. We might be able to sneak in a pod early next week. We'll see if we can talk about this one after it happens. But um, next up, next up, what do we have to talk about is the Roma team. So Roma, you know, past three games, uh, one, two on walk-offs. The absolutely, this is the stuff we live for, these two victories. Uh, They dropped one to Inter. Bummer. You know, I can't say I saw them winning it, but Jose came with a plan. We were going to take the game, nothing, nothing, and we were going to take it to the death and then burst forward at the end was the plan. Uh, Manfini, I think, coached up in this one. I think he was like a general on the field directing traffic. Was very happy with his performance, even though he took an early yellow card. And the the defense was strong in that one, even though nothing was happening offensively. A lot of really kind of hateful stuff towards Lukaku throughout the game, and it was all over social media. But our back three and Paredes held strong to the very end. Um, the Monza game was a little disappointing that we weren't able to win really, but it was fine, I guess. And then we beat Slava Prague in the Europa League and we have a reverse fixture with them before the derby against Lazio. Um, you might think that's a strength for Lazio, but no, Lazio have to play in the Champions League next against Feyenoord, who have been really good recently. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's essentially it for the Roma games. How, what, what's your general vibe? I feel like the vibe for Roma is good, even though they dropped that game to enter. Oh, you. The Europa League. That's that's all I'm gonna say. Um, yeah, the Inter game blew. I know we talked about it before, but he had a plan. It worked for the most part, and obviously failed. Um, but that's okay. I mean, at the end of the day, they lost to the eventual champs. 
I'm dying on that hill. <laughs> um, on that, I mean, great for El Shai. That was just a great moment. Um, the week before that, he was falsely accused of gambling. He would never do that. I mean, you look at the guy, just such an emotional guy who loves the city. He would never gamble. Um, very emotional game for him. Great game for Rui. Um, they had so many chances that game, too. I don't even think they played that poorly. I know they only beat Amanza by one, but they put very well. Jose got a red card, so he missed the intergame. And um, Michelle de Gregorio, I believe his name is. He's supposed to be the successor for Rui. Now, that's been in rumors. Perfectly fine. I thought he had a fantastic game. I think he's had a fantastic season for Monza. Uh, James Horncastle wrote about him in his article. Great article. Only reason I subscribe to The Athletic. Um, uh, obviously beat Slavia Prague. Um, that Bove goal was fantastic. Svilar was incredible. I hope they keep playing. Man. I hope they give him some Serie A action because I, I think he's better than people give him credit for. Um, Chalik got a start. I think he's been solid this year. I'm very harsh on him, but you know, he, in the few Europa, game, Europa League games he's played, he's been good. Oshaw got two assists. Uh, Zuluski played a full 70 minutes. Akwar played a full game. Uh, so that was well and good. Um, and obviously, we covered the other two. So, yeah, they got Slavia Prague again this weekend. That's a big one because if they win, we're tied on points. But the other two teams have one point, so we're not worried. Just, like, stay healthy. And then Sunday's obviously a big game. Um, then, they, then they got Udinese after the break. Uh, you got to win that one. Uh, we, we won't look that that far ahead. Yeah, no, they have a they have a good run of games coming up. Um, I know you want to do buy or sell tonight. Uh, do you no. want to just do that next episode? Yeah, we, we went a little bit over on time, but it, it's completely fine. Um, so just programming update. You know, next week we might try to get an episode out early next week, but I'm going on vacation, so we might not be able to. I'm going to try to do next week. If we can't, we'll be back in two weeks to discuss the international break and the final math week. But uh, very happy with you uh, with how the podcast went tonight. Thanks to you. Thanks to you guys for hanging out with us tonight. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Ramar, and you can follow Jake on Twitter at Prime Jakey. You can follow the pod on Twitter at Kelchio is back. Very very happy by the engagement we got, and thanks for thanks for the continued support even though we took a break and didn't really use the twitter that much i'm gonna try to be better with the twitter this weekend i have some downtime to watch the games and we will we will be there no matter what so thanks for sticking with us you guys we really love you uh jake anything final to say before we sign off here yeah thank you guys i know it's probably morning right now for some of you listeners so uh thank you so much uh grazie as they say um so yeah thank you for all the support and uh we will Continue to roll on. Maybe we'll get some transfer rumors next month. And obviously, it'll come back next week. So, going to be a fun time. And uh, thank you as always. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye.